Hello and welcome to the My Teenage Band podcast with me, Nick Taylor. This is a podcast in which I talk to people from all kinds of different fields about the musical adventures of their youth. This week I had the huge pleasure of talking to director, actor, podcaster, writer and fitness expert Kalechi Okafor. You may know Kalechi from her brilliant podcast Say Your Mind or her Kalechnikov fitness business or perhaps her sketches and musings on Twitter including a hilarious Sally in HR character. She's a ridiculously talented and multifaceted person so it was such a thrill to have her on the podcast. Now, when Kalechi was at school, she actually spent a lot of her time absolutely bossing it in a variety of musicals. But what she wanted to talk to me about was the time that she formed a country music duo with a friend from her music class. And sadly, for the first time on the podcast so far, no recordings of this duo have survived. And in fact, they didn't actually even go as far as naming their project. But it was nevertheless an absolute joy to hear about the short-lived days of writing and singing super emotional country songs and all the other ways that music making played a part in Kalechi's youth. We chatted remotely, of course, in October of this year, 2020. So here we go. This is Kalechi Okafor on the My Teenage Band podcast. I've always loved music. I've always been singing and dancing. So I was born in Nigeria and I came to London when I was five And, you know, even in the short time that I spent in Nigeria, everyone would say, when I go back to visit, everyone will say that, yeah, all she ever does is just go around singing and dancing. (laughs) And neighbours would have like parties and stuff in the compound in Lagos. And I'd like to help myself to their parties, like just wandering to their parties and start dancing and performing, hoping <laughs> that they would give me rice, you know, nice. because <laughs> yeah. like, there's always special party jollof rice. Great. So I'd just be dancing, you know, getting that. So I've always performed. And I remember when we finally moved to London or when I finally joined my mum in London, I started school and they were doing like a nativity play. And I remember vividly being the Christmas tree and having a solo singing, there's no one as pretty as me. And I I just feel like from that (laughs) point onwards, I mean, I was set for stardom. I don't, I don't know how everyone else felt about what I was doing. (laughs) I'm sure you absolutely smashed it. um, Yeah. It was great. I I love that. I it's weird that I even still remember it, but I just remember my green outfit with like tinsel on it, like this felt kind of dark green thing that they made for me to wear. And I'd stand in in front of everybody with my Nigerian accent singing, "There's no one as pretty as me." (laughs) Yeah, caught the bug there. I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, yeah, you're always going to go on to uh, be. (laughs) to a very fine a very fine music career from there (laughs) and so what are the steps between that and forming a uh, country duo in in uh, in high school I oh I felt like it was just the natural progression I think Mm. like you know the major bands they kind of start as a group and then they all go off to do solo careers I started as far as I'm concerned as like a soloist and then I kind of evolved (laughs) into doing this duet like this duo um thing but yeah I uh, performed throughout primary school I moved primary schools uh went to another primary school in Peckham South Mm. London and like I was the lead in like every play and every play was a musical so I was always singing now I look back at it and I think 
what? Like, why did I have such confidence in my singing? Who the hell told me that I could actually sing? But, you know, I went with it. I played Maria in West Side Story. Oh, amazing. And I remember... I remember my head teacher sort of flinching when I went to go and hit one of the high notes. I don't know. That kind of stayed with me. (laughs) When I got to high school, by that point, I I started kind of figuring out the kind of music that I loved because my mum loves country music. So I'd be in her bed, Mm. like watching my brothers and stuff, like getting them to sleep. The three of us would sleep together in her bed while she was like downstairs with her friends. And she had this bed that, that also had a cassette player in like built into it. It was so cool. I remember it being like gold. It was one of those kind of very gauche. Yeah. So she had that and I would put the Patsy Cline or Jim Reeves or Dolly Parton cassette in and I'd be playing all of the songs like crazy. So I just got to, um, high school and those were like the songs that i knew because those were the cassettes that she had because jim jim reeves did he did he have some kind of he had some kind of status in nigeria right is that right he was like particularly popular in nigeria they loved him they i don't know what it is with jim reeves and nigerians but um yeah they just loved him. I remember posting um, some of my favorite <laughs> country songs into my Instagram stories and so many other Nigerian women going, oh my gosh, my mum loved that too. Like my mum loves, my mum loves him too. I really wonder why. Yes. Yeah, so I met Alice in school. So Alice, we were both in the upper set because we're, we're, uh, the school that we went to, Notre Dame, I was in the uh, the top set for all of my classes, which included music, although I couldn't play an instrument. She could play the guitar and she had just like this great voice. And <laughs> she came up to me one day and she was just like, we should sing together. And I thought, wow, you know, this is great. She's got her guitar and she wants me to sing with her. So fine. <laughs> and so I remember we performed together quite a few times and mm. people would say to us, oh, that song is so great. When are you coming out with an album? I was like, the girls want an album. The girls want an album. <laughs> So yeah, from then I thought, you know, the world is our oyster, you know, they want this. And I just remember one of the songs being something like the lyrics were, and the sky is falling down and the day is closing in. I think it's called Because. She went on to kind of like do her thing with it, but then we got to year 11 and because she was so smart, I can't remember which college that she went to. I can't remember which kind of sixth form she went to, but I know Mm. that it was like a an esteemed one that she was going to. And I was going to Brit School of Performing Arts. That's the only college that I applied Mm. to. So that's how we ended up like splitting up from there. But we had a good run. And now we found each other again and follow each other on Instagram. So who knows, Nick, we might just be back. Ah. (laughs) Well, this is, yeah, this is the time for the great reunion. Did you guys have a, did you have a name as as a duo? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I don't, I think that because it was so odd to my other, like my other friends who were very much like, you know, R&B, hip hop, which I also loved and like pop and Justin Timberlake was Mm. really big that time as well. So they wanted all of the focus on that stuff. So I guess I was kind of straddling these two worlds, wanting to kind of follow my country aspirations and you know staying staying <laughs> with the in crowd as well so i don't i didn't commit myself to a name but we would perform you know what was the first time that you guys just did your own performance as part of this dynamic country duo what was that like it was great we were in music class so I, in music class our music teacher and i don't know if she was meant to do this but she'd often leave us alone 
Like, so we'd just be left mm. unsupervised and we had all of these instruments around and Alice would be playing her guitar and stuff and she'd be singing something. And I'd go and sit by her because she'd always write really, really cool songs. She wrote a lot of the songs. And so I'd go sit by her and try to harmonize. And yeah, because we kind of got along in other classes as well, it just sort of came naturally. It was such a lovely time when I think back on it because... I don't know what we were thinking about, you know, as high school <laughs> children, we we hadn't been through a lot yet. These songs had such deep feeling and I was just happy to be a part of it. I was just happy to be able to sing along, uh, you know, and, you know, be part of the duo. Were you guys just playing your favourite country songs or were you actually writing your own she would write our songs so she knew that I had a love for country music and that's what I sensed in her song so she would kind of write the songs in that same theme and that's what I, I was thinking to myself like these adults that were singing the country songs they sound like they'd been through some things <laughs> yeah. yeah we were there all like 14 years old going my man left me woo 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 and it was <laughs> teenagers feel things <laughs> yeah at the time it was authentic at the time it was from the heart i just think back like yeah. even the lyrics that stick in my head the most like and the sky is falling down and the day is closing in and no one thing's on my mind because and then we would kind of rip that was like the refrain mm. and we'd kind of say that sing that over and over and i just thought and the sky is falling down why is the sky <laughs> falling down what were we going through <laughs> Did you have a role within the writing as well? Would you suggest lyrics yourself or were you, did you mainly stick to coming up with melodies and harmonies? Yeah, I stuck with the melodies and the harmonies because at that point, I actually didn't mm -hmm. consider myself to be a writer. I only started really taking okay. writing seriously in the last, I would say, like three years, three oh, okay. to four years. Mm -hmm. Before that, I only ever saw myself as sort of um, an actor you know, director. I didn't even mm. see myself really as a singer, but when I would sing and people say, Oh, you, you sing really well. I didn't know you sing too. Because I'd kind of put the <laughs> secondary school days behind me and said, yeah, the, the days of the country and Western duo is done. <laughs> That's a real shame though. So even when you're at the Brit school, you were just focusing on, just focusing on the acting. You didn't really get involved in the, mu in the musical side of things there either. That was, really really interesting for me because I like I said didn't um I didn't apply for any other sixth form except for Brit school so everyone else was looking at me mm. like I was crazy they thought what you're meant to apply for like four other colleges but I didn't see any point in doing that because I knew that the only place I wanted to go to was the Brit school in my haste I applied for musical theatre not really having much idea much of an idea what I would be doing there but once I got to the audition, you know, you had to dance, learn a routine and then sing a song and then uh, perform a monologue. And then, yeah, I got oh, in wow. and realized that it was <laughs> musical, like musical theater, like all of the musicals <laughs> would be what we were doing. And that caught, that caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> the, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I then discovered so many more musicals. And actually then it actually, it, like it made sense because I performed musicals all throughout um, primary school, you know, uh, West Side Story and all of this stuff. And then I got to 
um, high school, I performed Guys and Dolls, mm. uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, My Fair Lady, I played Henry Higgins in Ooh. My Fair Lady in wow. year eight. Wow. And so that, no one could tell me a thing. <laughs> Especially when people were like, oh, did you get a boy? Did you get a boy from a nearby school? He was so good. I was like, I'm a girl. <laughs> So I was singing all throughout there as well. But there's a specific kind of style, isn't there, to singing in musical theatre. And it just seemed a bit much for me. It seemed a bit over the top for me. But (laughs) I remember that we, uh, one of the the plays that we did, I think it was our final play, our final play in year 13 was uh, I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. It was like a off Broadway musical, and one of the songs is um, "Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride." Mm. When I tell you that till today, that's one of my favorite songs because mm. it has a country vibe to it. Ah, oh, cool! I don't know it at all. Yeah, check it out. It's really, really, it's it's really, really funny. She starts off by saying, "I've walked down the aisle." As much as Liz Taylor, but I've always stood off to the side. Each bride has me dressed in a gown I detest. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, you flatter me. Uh, How long would you say the whole the whole thing lasted, this particular project? I think it lasted from year nine, from year nine to year, probably the end of year 10. Cool. Because after year 10, we had to become so focused on like GCSEs and that's all anyone wanted to speak to us mm. about. So I, I don't think we got much of a chance to kind of perform uh, thereafter but and I was also an air cadet so I oh wow. I would have okay. to split my time between living my country and western dreams and also be- <laughs> uh, being a corporal at air cadets <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> looking back at your musical days like singing country and western music in in high school and then and then going on to the more, the musical theater stuff like have you ever wanted to go back to making music now as a, as an adult all the time all the time i think of doing that i i guess the way that i sort of quell that desire is that at the beginning of my podcast every episode i i switch up a song so i kind of mm. remix a, a song usually it's like 90s and noughties r&b i'll just like change the lyrics to something hilarious but even when i do that i don't sing properly so for a long time um, the listeners didn't actually know that I could sing. <laughs> so, cause I would always just, I would, I have this kind of really bad singing voice that I put on. And I think that they thought that that was my actual voice. So <laughs> I think one time on the podcast, I just sang properly right. and they were like, what? You can actually sing. I was like, only, only someone who can sing can do the terrible singing <laughs> <Yeah>. voice. Duh. <laughs> What would you say are sort of the biggest joys that that you got out of uh, music making as a as a teenager? What what do you think it is that really drew you to it, and why it's uh, is there is there something about it in your mind that you think is so powerful? Mm, I think that it's the world that it opens up for you, like what your imagination can do at that age is amazing. Mm. Like just to think of the endless possibilities of what you could write 
I remember I had another friend, Laura, and we weren't in a band or anything, but we'd come up with silly songs together. And one of them was about her scooter. So her parents got her a scooter, uh, like, you know, the ones with where you use one foot on oh, the yeah, pavement yeah. and stuff. <laughs> That's what we'd sing. I'm riding my scooter all over the place, riding to Tesco's with wind in my face. And we just, we had the best time just having like ridiculous lyrics with melodies. And just when I think about those memories, it really makes me happy. And I think that maybe that's what we were doing, just finding joy in the most mundane things. And I think as you grow older, it just becomes a bit more difficult to to do Mm, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a lack of self-consciousness that you have at that age that just really lets your creativity run run wild, uh, no matter what kind of genre of music you're making. And it, it sounds like for you, you got a fair amount of support from your teachers for it would that be right to say definitely my favorite teacher miss parrot when i got to secondary school she was just amazing she was my drama teacher and i remember when she was getting me ready to sing um as henry higgins in uh, my fair lady and i just didn't feel confident about it because it was just you know it would the songs were set for a man mm. and i it was just really difficult mm. for me to get the notes and stuff and to sing with a lot of vibrato I don't I don't have that so I remember she'd do all of these exercises with me making me like lie down flat on the floor on my back and then sing that way and singing in all of these weird (laughs) positions so I could actually access where I needed to get the breath from and you know have more control of my diaphragm and all of that and I I don't think that I would have been uh as confident about singing as I went on to be, if it wasn't for her, because she was just very much like, no, you can do this. Come on, let's go again. Let's do it again. Mm, mm. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful to have a teacher like that because when someone like that believes in you, I guess you have no reason not to believe in yourself. Because at home, my mum was just like, no, you are <laughs> going to study law. No <laughs> child of mine is going to go and spend her life being on EastEnders. No. <laughs> so. But did she hear you sing the uh, country and Western stuff? ever and what what did she think of that the thing is when she actually ended up coming to my first play i'd say in uh when i played uh when i was in my fair lady mm. i that's when she was just like oh wow oh so you can you can perform right perform. <laughs> i was like well yeah that's uh, that's what i've been doing around the house when you told me to shut <laughs> <Yeah>. up so, <laughs> so yeah she's seen those sorts of things but because I guess I just don't utilize my singing enough and I don't utilize my country and Western sort of prowess mm. enough. People aren't realizing, but I, I always allude to it as like one day when I'm done with all of this stuff, all of these other things that I'm doing, I'm reemerging like a <laughs> Phoenix from the ashes as a country and Western singer. <laughs> well, I for one am super, super excited about that um <laughs> it's so interesting as well the 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 stuff that's happening in 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 country music now as well i think and mm. there's more and more awareness now of country music's black roots and and african roots and then you've got yeah. and then obviously from the really commercial side of it you've got a queer black rapper topping yeah. the country charts which is just yeah. like absolutely huge yeah uh beyonce has a song daddy lessons yeah, yeah well i think was that with the i can't was it the dixie chicks or something but that song i had it on repeat because <laughs> it was just like 
it's not something that I knew that I like I wanted, but I definitely needed it. Mm. So I said, so Beyonce wants to do country with me. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. So Beyonce, Kalechi and Beyonce are forming the country and Western duo. All right, cool. Yeah, Fine. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great, great. <laughs> yeah. Destiny's banjo. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> The world needs to hear that. I mean, whenever if, if you can't if you can't get the great reunion from your school days to happen, then presumably you're you you just need to give Beyonce a call and get Destiny's banjo going. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next. So that's that's what needs to happen. She says she's taking a break from everything, but yeah. I just think she hasn't considered that maybe she wants to do country and western music with me. I I assumed um, it was code for yeah. that. <laughs> like, She's, you know, she doesn't... You read the article yeah, and you yeah, were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can read between the lines here. She's not one to really... She's never really been one to lay her cards on the table. No, We've no. had like nearly a decade of like surprise drops from her now. So I'm not expecting any real prior warning for Destiny's Banjo, let's say. This is... <laughs> This is as close as we're going to get to an exclusive. Exactly. The inside yeah, yeah. scoop. Like yeah. <laughs> the NDAs that she has people sign, I'm breaking all of them right now. But like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> you are so multifaceted and multi-talented in, in all of the things that you do, be it acting, writing. You. When you think about all of that, how do you reflect back on making music as a teenager is there a way in which that experience really shaped you as a person do you think definitely I've when I look back on my experiences and you know with music as a teenager and stuff I I think to myself like that's really without realizing when I learned how to use words words and tone music creativity to convey emotion to to provoke um, to evoke emotion in others People often, you know, ask me how it's how I managed to, for instance, do a solo podcast and just hold the attention for the amount of time that the podcast is on or, you know, the episode is on. And I think back to my teenage years and and being with friends and, and making music and hanging out with Alice and singing our songs with the guitar. And that shows me that from that age, I'd started to understand what it is to bring an audience in mm. and hold their attention, but not just hold them their attention help them to feel something or help them to access what it is that they are trying to feel. And it's the same with Twitter. You know, people often talk about, oh yeah, you know, your use of words and the satirical little videos that I make. Mm. But all of those things come from first finding a confidence in being able to express myself. And at that time it was through music and acting and, um, you know, things and being able to delve into that and use that in this adult life to bring about more, I guess, a, adult messages but the the creativity where it stems from is still the same as when I was a teenager so that was the wonderful Kalechi Okafor talking to me earlier this year huge thank you to her if you haven't already then check out Kalechi's podcast Say Your Mind which is available wherever you get your podcasts and I've also put some links to other bits of Kalechi's work into the show notes uh, including the website for Kalechnikov Fitness and her Twitter as well Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Teenage Band, and you can actually get in touch at myteenageband at gmail.com if you've got 
any stories about an early attempt at pop stardom involving any genre of music and to absolutely any level of success, then I'd love to hear about them. I also want to say thank you as ever to Anya Pearson, songwriter and guitarist in the band Dream Nails, for writing the podcast wonderful jingle and stings that you heard throughout the episode. Lead vocals on the jingle were performed by Imo Berman from the band Trills, and you can find links to both Anya and Imo's music in the show notes. Thanks also to Eloisa Henderson-Figueroa for the amazing podcast artwork. You can find links to her work in the show notes as well. And finally, a thank you to the brilliant website designer, MOV, uh, for designing our website, myteenageband.com, where you can find all our episodes so far in one handy place. My Teenage Band is presented and produced by me, Nick Taylor, and I'll be back next week with more stories of youthful musical adventures. See you then. See you then.